WHHH Indianapolis. It's Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3. Hold up. Good morning to you, Indianapolis. I'm Indy's newsman, Cameron Riddle, coming to you live from the Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC studios on this last Sunday of February. Sunday, February 27th, 2022. The birthday of yours truly. And I'm so glad to start my birthday with you uh, because, as we always do, we have a great show this morning. We can't close out Black History Month without having a good discussion about black history. This hour, Dr. Tom Brown, Indy's very own, uh, and you'll, if you don't know the connection to the name and uh, to some other big names here in town, we'll explain that to you, but Dr. Tom Brown is a voice that some of you may know from uh, the radio, some of you may know from education, some of you may know from uh, his work in uh, civil action and, and literally out there on the streets. Dr. Tom Brown has had a first row seat uh, to history. He's even met Dr. Martin Luther King, who's been at his house when Dr. Brown was young, young little Tommy. D- Dr. Brown has had a front row seat to a lot of things. And this morning, we'll talk to him about what's changed and, and what work still needs to be done. This is a good conversation uh, for everybody to chime in and, and talk to someone who can tell you that Dr. King, Rosa Parks, those struggles were not something that happened a long time ago. That's just something in the history book. This happened in lifetimes of people who are still with us. This happened in our lifetime. And so we will commemorate, celebrate, and look back and look ahead at Black History with Dr. Tom Brown coming up this morning. Uh, but first, uh, if you are an Indigo bus rider or if you are a car driver, that's right, that's everybody. I got some big news for you that construction is coming to areas of 38th Street, uh, Post Road, as the new Purple Line, the new bus rapid transit program, uh, is getting ready to launch right here in Indianapolis, and construction has now uh, begun. We'll talk with Leslie Gordon about all the details of what you need to know about bus time, bus time changes, as well as construction uh, closures. Those details are coming up here in just a few moments, but first, let's get you caught up on what's happening today in the news. Two men were shot Saturday afternoon during a basketball game at the Indianapolis Jewish Center. Police say the shooting happened just before 2 o'clock in the afternoon near 64th Street and Spring Mill Road on Indy's north side. Police say at least one citizen provided first aid prior to officers arriving and one IMPD officer applied a tourniquet to at least one of the individuals. The two men are now in stable condition. The shooting is not believed to have a religious motivation or to be a hate crime. Two 13-year-olds have been arrested in connection with the death of 77-year-old Cecilia O'Brien. Police say on February 11th, the Indianapolis woman was found with dramatic injuries in her home near 18th and Warman on the west side. She was pronounced dead at the scene. Fox 59 reports one of the 13-year-olds is being charged for O'Brien's death, while the other is being charged with burglary. Indiana's proposed bill that would eliminate handgun permits has died for now. 
House Bill 1077 was met with strong opposition from groups like Moms Demand Action and police, including Indiana State Police Superintendent Doug Carter. Despite the pushback, the Republican-backed bill appears to have died due to a procedural issue. There is still a chance the proposal could be revived and attached to another bill. And the forecast is going to feel like spring this week as we say goodbye to February and welcome in March. Highs this week will be in the mid-40s to low-50s and dry until at least Saturday. The mornings, though, will still begin at or below freezing, and that includes today. Where we'll see partly cloudy skies with a high of 44 degrees. Right now, it is 23 degrees in Indy. At 8.04 on this Sunday morning, uh, the color of the day is purple because Indigo's purple line uh, is now officially under construction. This is the next bus rapid transit line that will create a direct connection between downtown Indianapolis and downtown Lawrence. For all of you um, who have been wanting for years for 38th Street to be repaved, for all of you who for years have been wanting 38th Street to get sidewalks, uh, this is the project that's doing it. Had it not been for this, 38th Street would probably still look the way 38th Street looks right now with your potholes, uh, tearing up your car, and everything else. Uh, this is the second of the three bus rapid transit lines that you, the Indianapolis voters, voted on years ago. You were asked, would you like to see transit improved in Indianapolis? And an overwhelming majority of the city of Indianapolis said, yes, we do. And so now we know the red line, uh, which takes you from downtown Indianapolis all the way up to Broad Ripple and uh, points further north is already up and built. Um, it later has plans to continue to go further north uh, past the Marion County border. Uh, but now it is time to talk about the purple line and then eventually the per the blue line, which will connect uh, the Indianapolis airport to downtown to Cumberland Road on the city's far east side. So to talk about the latest on the changes that are coming your way due to construction, as well as bus route detours, bus stop changes, and a slew of other information regarding Indigo, is the wonderful Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Indigo, Miss Leslie Gordon. She joins us on our live line this morning. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, and happy birthday. Thank you. I did not know that. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Tw February 27th, the greatest day of the year. Uh, lots All of people right. born on uh, uh, February 27th, including my aunt, Aunt Viv. Good morning. Uh, and uh, I've got several of my friends who all have the same birthday. So we got to say hi to Elena and uh, a happy birthday to Zach, as well as to uh, Mr. Uh, Sheely, uh, who is married to our uh Longtime radio personality, Donna Sheely, all of us share the same birthday, so we're all twins. Uh, so, with that said, it is a great day, but it's also a great day for what you guys have going on on Indigo because of all of the purple uh, that is taking over parts of Indianapolis, including 38th Street, Post Road, um, and, and some parts of Meridian. Tell us what's the latest. Yes, you are right. It is a very exciting time. We have broken ground on the second BRT line in our plan for expansion. It will be the purple line, which is um, our current Route 39, which is a really efficient line. We see a lot of riders per hour. So we know that while this is going to be a an amazing and transformational project for the corridor, whether you ride transit or not, 
there are going to be some impacts during that construction period. And so we are excited to to start that and get that underway. But we want to make sure everyone is prepared and understands how to use transit and how to drive that corridor for the next couple of years. So you got the, the biggest part to get there, of course, is is the construction and the headache that that's going to cause for a lot of people. But, uh, you know, it's always darkest before it gets brightest. So um, this is going to impact drivers in their cars as well. Correct. So our uh, first major closure, and there's already been some work on the corridor for utility relocation. Um, we've you know, we've co- you know, we've coordinated that with the utility companies, but we don't always have control over all of those mm-hmm. those things. But once the um, the actual construction for the line starts, that could be as early as March 7th or after. So we are we're looking at that first closure being from Fall Creek to Keystone Avenue on 38th Street, eastbound closure. So. You will still be able to travel westbound, but those traveling eastbound on 38th Street from Fall Creek to Keystone are going to see a detour around um, around that area to, to get back onto 38th Street to continue on. So the um, groundbreaking officially happened uh, this past week. Of, what was, it? was it Thursday or Friday? It was Friday, yes. And everybody looked great, including Miss Inez Evans. That's a, that's a bad lady in that purple. She looked great. Uh, I told her it was made for. I said you came just in time. Purple is your color. Yes, it looked very royal. Yes, I she did. She looked great. like absolute royalty, and and as as she should, because this is a big deal. Um, t- what's the construction timeline? It's officially begun. What's what's the timeline kind of look like until when this will be actually up and running? Yes, so we are. We're anticipating this to be um, about a two year pro- construction project. We've broken up the construction zones into six segments, and the goal is to not have any two segments that are adjacent to each other or next to each other closed at the same time. And so we anticipate this starting, as I said, um, March 7th or after being that first closure. And, you know, fingers crossed, this is construction, you know, lots of unknowns. This is construction in Indianapolis where we know once you dig in the ground, sometimes you don't know what you're going to get. But um, and we also are living in the days of COVID with, um, you know, supply chains being a factor and labor being a factor. But the goal is for this to um, be in service by 2024. Uh, you guys have a lot of good information on on the Indigo website about the Purple Line. Uh, and if you have questions about some of this, you're welcome to call us, 317-239-9696, 317-239-9696. As we look at the map of, of what will eventually be the Purple Line, uh, it's really going to pick up right there at the State Fair where the uh, uh, Red Line makes a left and goes up college. It'll continue from right there and go all the way up to Fort Bend and Ivy Tech going up Post Road, um, this is going to affect uh, people with uh, 58,000 people who live right in the, along those areas, as well as uh, connecting people to 134,000 jobs. This also impacts 66, uh, 61% of the minority population and 30% of the low-income population. Um, how can folks... First, I guess, explain, can you elaborate further on that impact of who this is going to affect as we look at these multiple neighborhoods and areas uh, that are going to get an upgrade? 
Yes, um, you said it. This corridor, it is it is a very dynamic corridor, and it is impactful. So as you said, this line, the purple line, is about 15.2-mile stretch. It is going to be within walking distance to, yeah, over, I believe it was 130-some thousand jobs. And then that corridor is made up of 61% minority population. So this is a $188 million project mm-hmm. with more than half of the budget going to infrastructure improvements. And that's sidewalks. That's ADA curb ramps. That's new pavement on the road. That's sewer um, system upgrades. So all of these wading pools that we've seen here lately that fill into the potholes that mm-hmm. we're dodging on 38th Street, that is going to be eliminated. So this is a huge impact. And I've, I grew up in Indy. I've been here pretty much my entire life, except for college. And everybody, the eighth street is a bumpy ride. So mm-hmm. to be able to, to change that, to add sidewalks for those that walk. And there are quarters where we have riders. We have just those in the neighborhood, our youth, our elderly residents walking in ditches of mud and water to just not even if they're out riding the bus or not, just to get to where they need to go and being able to, to know that we're able to, you know, add to that quality of life and change that, that trip for that person is, is really exciting. And so we do know, like I said, it, it's going to take some time and there are definitely going to be some adjustments during this construction period, but the end result who is whoever is in that corridor is going to be positive because you are going to be able to experience the corridor, not just pass through. And finally, just getting some things that you would expect to have in a neighborhood, in any neighborhood, the basics like uh, sidewalks, um, you know, a, a street that isn't going to tear your car up. These are things people have been asking. Like you said, I've, I've, I'm from Indianapolis as well. And for as long as I can remember, 38th Street, particularly on that uh, stretch like one of the worst stretches is right there um uh sherman to emerson um that bad boy will tear you up uh, these are finally things that are happening because of this indigo project um along with that is going to come um unfortunately inconveniences to businesses but you guys at indigo have reached out with a couple of different um programs that will help give advertising to these businesses in the area to let folks know, hey, we're here and we're still open. Exactly. We we do understand and we've worked with the businesses for the past couple years. We've been um, doing outreach and letting them know this project is coming and we've talked to them about design as we've moved forward. We've worked with them to, you know, there are some left turns that we're going to be restricted that we've now been able to work into the design so you can reach places. But during construction, there are going to be some challenges. So we have a wonderful toolkit on our website. That's indigo.net slash purple. And you can sign up on that toolkit. You can receive signage that lets, you know, your um, audience know that you're open. Window cleans, information about the project. And then we are willing to work with these businesses to trade some advertising space that we have available and to use um, any promotion that they have to put that in our weekly newsletter that goes out every Monday for those that subscribe. 
And I really do encourage anyone that is remotely close to the project um, to sign up for that newsletter because that's where you're going to get the most detailed information about closures. And then we've also made sure that we have someone boots on the ground um, with a construction background that is able to answer questions and help get issues resolved immediately. Um, and so we, in that newsletter and our website has um, his direct contact information so that if you do see something or you are, you don't know exactly what needs to happen or you see a vehicle you didn't see before and want to know what's going on, you can call Jarvis Jointer um, and his info is on our website and he is there to to answer those questions, come out, do one-on-one -on -one updates if you need to have someone talk to your staff or your congregation. We know there are lots of church organizations on 38th Street. We will do that and we'll continue to do that as the project goes forward. Uh, we are on the air this morning with Leslie Gordon, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications for Indigo this morning, talking about the official beginning of the Purple Line construction. We've got some calls and we're going to go to them right now, but... Uh, Leslie, I'm going to keep um, keep in your uh, mind a question I'm, that I'm going to ask you. There's a lot of money uh, on this bill, uh, not on this bill, on this project. There's a lot of money coming uh, with this project. And so I want to talk about hiring as well as how some of our uh, black and minority owned businesses can get in on these construction projects uh, for the upcoming uh, blue line as well uh, because there's a lot of money out there being handed out and if you've got a business you need to get involved uh but right now let's take some questions from our callers 317-239-9696 317-239-9696 caller on line two good morning who's this hello good morning good morning you're live on the air who's this uh first of all i would like to say happy birthday on your thank special you. day thank you and may god bless you thank you and uh, what I would like to know about the purple line, is this bus going to be running up towards Pendleton Pike? And also, is it going to affect the number 26 uh, cross town? Good questions, Leslie. Great questions. So the route for the purple line it will, it's similar to the Route 39, so it's going to travel, but it'll be a little altered. It'll travel the red line, which is from the transit center up to up, um, up to 38th Street, east on 38th Street, all the way to Post Road. So it'll be close to Pendleton Pike there, um, but then it'll head uh, Post Road up to um, the Ivy Tech campus. I believe the 87 will be our route still for direct access to Pendleton Pike. And then the 26 does intersect with the 39, and there will be some detours for the Route 26. And the best way to understand those detours and its by segment closure is by checking out the website, and there are detailed detour maps, and they also detail the stops that are going to be impacted. And there will be, uh, looks like from the map that I'm looking at, there is going, there is a stop coming uh, on Post Road at Pendleton Pike. Correct. So you will be able to take the purple line from downtown, cross 38th Street, up Post Road, and get off at the new Pendleton Pike stop and then transfer if you need to go further. Thank you for the call. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? 
Hello? Good good morning. Is that me? That is you. You are live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning. I am Ron. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, happy birthday. Thank uh, you. And, and, and hello to your guests. The issue, uh, uh, I appreciate the young lady that called before me because you all just answered all my questions. Just going to wish you all the best. Thank you so much. I appreciate you calling and listening. 317-239-9696. 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning. Who's this? Uh, you know, Cameron, we're so childish, right? Good morning, Larry. How you doing, Cameron, Good. and your guests there? You know, she's in there talking about a plan that's going to wipe out all those businesses that are now on 38. She's going to wipe out all the churches so that when the actual uh, situation gets started, they'll be able to move into people. They came on. They made us vote to increase the property tax caps. That's going to tax you out of the area. They're getting all these benefits for, from the federal government, uh, uh, Cameron, based on the uh, deprived nature of those people that live in that nature in that area now. So when they get those benefits, all they do is move them out because all that land over there, all those houses are being bought up by conglomerate corporations. She knows this. And what they're going to have, they're not going to have you coming downtown. That's the main thing at the Julia Carson Center. And by the way, Andre Carson knows all about this. Uh, they're doing nothing but trying to uh, have a situation where they're connecting Broad Ripple, they're connecting Lawrence, but all that in between are express buses. They can change the stops anytime they want to. Express buses so that you can be standing at the bus stop and a bus speeds right by you, so you can't even flag it down. So all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop after. you right there because you make some good points, but now you're starting to get into misinformation. No, okay, no, I'm no, no, stop no. Going I'm, in the weeds, but yes, she needs yeah. to be questioned. No, 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 you bring up a legit concern, but the part about buses passing people that's that's mm -hmm. not even true. So we're not gonna go there. They're doing it now. That's not a thing. That's okay. not that, that's not a thing. Can but I, can I keep on talking? Then let me keep no, on, hold on talking. No, because because. You, the first part of what you brought up was a legit concern. And well, I, let's chew that up a little bit. Let's chew that Come up on, a little bit. Hey, Come on. Hang, hang on, bro. Slow down. This is okay. my show. You, don't you have your show on YouTube? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Come on now. Nobody's watching it. Well. I'm sorry. Well, you got to be nicer to people, Larry. Come on, Inez. All right. Uh, Inez is not here, but uh, the lovely Miss Leslie Gordon is here. So, Leslie. Uh, the, the second part of what Larry was talking about, about uh, buses just passing, folks, he says it's already happening. Uh, I don't think that's happening. And this project makes it even harder for you to change stops because there are they won't just be a sign on a corner. It will be a physical uh, bus stop elevated coming out of the ground cement. The stops aren't going anywhere. Um, Correct. Permanent station. So we, we yes. the stop is the stop. Yes. yes. Um, however. Larry has a habit of starting off something legit and then going down uh, into some other place. His con his concern is legit, and it's not just an Indianapolis thing. It's it's across the country. We know that uh, rents across this nation have skyrocketed. Um, and we also know that there's always a fear that as you improve something in a neighborhood that is lively and is still good as the neighborhoods that the Purple Line is going to go through, that gentrification will launch and push out the people who already live there. So when I say that Larry's concern is legit, it is a legit concern. Can you, what can you say um, to folks who are legitimately concerned that they won't get to be around? They'll get 
uh, pushed out of their neighborhoods and won't be able to get to enjoy the fruits of the things that they voted for and the, the labor that is coming with the Purple Line. You're right. That is that is a very legitimate concern. Um, and I, what we can do is really be collaborative. So, you know, we're a transit agency. Our goal is to make the best transit benefit and, adjust, and improvements to the area to make sure that our riders and those surrounding us are really having the best experience. And that is the goal of, or that's our role in this project. But we, we realize that with that does bring investment. It is no doubt about it. And so we are in conjunction with the city. Um, we're in conjunction with other agencies, even just the corridor or just the area we were at for the um, groundbreaking right there at 38th in Arlington. There are two other projects that are going in that are focused on adding to the quality of life and adding jobs to those residents and adding a grocery store for um, that food insecure area. So I will say we are doing a, doing as much as we can to coordinate with the other projects going on in the area and coordinating with the city to make sure that the developments are meeting the needs of the area and do have multi or multi-purpose housing and affordable housing and are not just that, you know, landlord takeover. But I, I really do encourage the, the residents around the area, too, to be mindful. You know, a lot of people take advantage at this time. So if you know, someone's got a deal that's too good to be true, you know, really investigate it because it might be. And just really be mindful of that area and looking out for those residents that we know may not understand all of the nuances and, you know, just, you know, having each other's back as we grow in this area, because we want the institutions that have been there for years to stay there for years. That's why we've worked with the churches to make sure we're providing as much information as possible and helping them maintain access during construction. And once the line is in place and making sure that there are, you know, routes to get to them and that their riders have a better experience and maybe that they can use transit more than they were able to before. So it really is going to take a collective effort. As a transit agency, you know, we, we want to stay in our lane and make sure that we're moving people as efficiently as possible. But we realize it, it takes a collaborative effort to make sure that our communities remain and remain intact, but also see the improvements that they deserve. So real quick, uh, Leslie, because uh, we got some more callers, but I want I've, I've got two more questions that I that I want you to answer. Can you tell us about hiring? Uh, how this is going to bring? How this has already opened up more opportunities for uh, folks behind the wheel to drive uh, those those big buses, as well as office staff, mechanics, uh, you name it. But also, as we talked about, there's millions of dollars uh, that is being that will be spent. On this project, can you explain how some of our black and minority owned businesses can get in as vendors on these construction projects, both for the purple line, if it's not too late, but also the blue line that is uh, still coming? Yes. Great questions. We are excited. Indigo is hiring with expansion means more bus drivers, more buses. Um, These are electric buses, so improved technology. So we're going to need we're going to need that um, workforce power to come in. And so we're, we're constantly hiring. We're still hiring, just getting our drivers up. 
from the dip from COVID, but we're going to need even more as we expand our uh, transit system and frequency. So go to our website. Again, that's indigo.net. You can look and find all the jobs or you can find information about Purple Line. And then you are correct. These projects are multi-million dollar projects that do bring in opportunities for contractors and subcontractors. But we are, we're under, we're under specific rules of how we can use that money. And so to follow those rules, every proposal has to be submitted and bid on and we have to take the lower bid. And so sometimes that does restrict us in who we can use, but we have a, a due, um, due diligence in our office to make sure that those are fair and equitable practices. And then we want to increase that even more. We have a goal agency-wide for minority business and uh, DBE participation, or all the E's, a disadvantaged business enterprise, lots of acronyms, but we we are really trying to increase that participation beyond just that agency goal. So, and what, so what do folks need to do if they've got a business yeah. and, and want to get involved? How do they check out see, and see what, what jobs are out there? Yeah, we started a vendor development program which is for those businesses who would like to do, especially smaller businesses that like to do business with us, is a six-week program where we, actually, I'm sorry, it's a five-month program where we go over the ins and outs of out of bidding on a project that is federally funded or has state funding and how you make sure your business is certified, how to write a proposal that is competitive and make sure to um, present well so that you can do business with us. So again, the best way to do that is to go onto our website under our procurement category and apply for that program. And that gives you plenty of time to be a part of the team for the Blue Line project. We've bid out the Purple Line construction project, but we are still designing the Blue Line and we have not gone to the construction portion of that. So there is plenty of opportunity to get in and, and work to do business. And that is not just construction businesses, although there are some specified jobs. Um, there's lots of different opportunities. Uh, Leslie, you're getting a lot of calls, so we're going to have to have you uh, <laughs> come back on the show here uh, in, in the next couple of weeks. But uh, let me just take maybe one or two more, and then we got to move on to our next topic, which will also be a, a lively discussion. But let me go to the phones real quick. Caller on line one, good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Who's this? Good morning. How are you doing? This is Darren. Good morning, Darren. Hey, I first off, happy birthday to you, young thank man. Thank you, thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> I happen to work with one of your uh, good friends, uh, Robin, and I, I just want to, I just want to shout out Indigo. Uh, first off, I'm, I'm, I'm a wonderful employee here at Indigo, and we're uh, they are changing how things are done here at Indy, and uh, you know, a lot of training, a lot of education. We, you know, so many programs. And with this purple line, you know, INS talks with us all the time here. And, uh, you know, I know we didn't do a lot of screening on uh, Larry, but, you know, he <laughs> gave, some, gave, gave some good points. Mm -hmm. But, again, you know what I mean? He's got to get those uh, uh, those points right. But I just want to shout Indigo and the wonderful people that work here with me along and uh, uh, Kevin France of the garage and everybody. But I just want to say happy birthday to you and uh, – uh, Miss Leslie, good morning to you. Good morning, Darren. Thank you so much for that. We appreciate Thanks. you. Thank you, Darren. I appreciate it. And I'm telling Robin right. you called in. Thanks, man. Have a good day. All right.
All right, let me jump to another call real quick. Caller on line two. Good morning. You're live on Open Lines. Hello? Hi, Cameron. Hello, who's this? This is your mom. I'm just calling to tell you happy birthday and love you. Thank you very much. I love you, too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thank you. Uh, caller on line two. I thought that was her. Uh, caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. Good morning. Who's this? This is Jay. So you actually uh, answered all my questions. The questions I had was how can small businesses uh, get in on the construction projects? Because a lot of these projects that I see going on, especially road projects, I don't see uh, our faces on them from, you know, building things to infrastructure under the city. So just, you know, so you answered my question. All right. Thank you so Thank much, you Leslie. Much. Give give us that website one more time. Thank you for the call. Yes. Um, Indiegogo.net. And you can slash whatever, uh, whether it's Purple Line, employment, or procurement to learn more about how to get involved as a vendor. All right. Uh, let's see. Leslie, phone line's been hot for you this morning, so we're going to have to have you come back. Who knew transit could be such an interesting topic? Who uh, knew, right? Who yeah. knew? So we're going to have to have you come back in, in March, especially as things get underway. And as folks start to see this construction, they're going to have more questions about how things uh, are going. So we'll have you back. Uh, Leslie Gordon uh, from Indigo, the Vice President of Marketing and Communications. Leslie, what's the website for folks to go to if they have any questions about the Purple Line? Yes, that's www.indigo.net, and they can call into our customer service during customer service hours start tomorrow at 317-635-3344. All right, Leslie Gordon with Indigo. Still to come here on the show, we can't close out Black History Month without talking about some black history with someone who's had a front row seat to it, and that is Indy's own Dr. Tom Brown. He knew Dr. King when he was a little boy. Well, Tom Brown was a little boy. Dr. King was was a grown man fighting in the streets and was here in Indianapolis with along a number of other civil rights leaders. We'll talk with Dr. Tom Brown about the history, where we've been, and how far we still have to go. That and more when Open Lines continues on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. Back to Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3. And we are back here on Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on Hot 96.3 and 106.7 WTLC. Uh, of course, it is Black History Month for one more day after today. Uh, and so let's take a take a look back and how we got to where we are here in 2022. Dr. Tom Brown uh, is a, a voice that you may know from the radio. He's a uh, philanthropist. He's an education uh, he's been in civil rights literally since he was uh, a small boy. Uh, and in that, he got an up-close seat to people like Dr. King, who was at his house having dinner and such. I'll let him tell the story. But the purpose of the segment is to let you know that the fight that we've been having, um, the, the life of Dr. Martin Luther King was not something that happened 100 years ago or beyond the lifetime of people, uh, you know, 
no one alive knew Dr. King or was around when Dr. King. It can seem like that, especially when you know when you see the pictures that are most of the time in black and white. It makes it feel like it was a really long time ago, and it was not. Um, Dr. Tom Brown can tell you that for himself because he was there and is there and is still there and is here with us this morning. Uh, Dr. Tom Brown, good morning, sir. I'm doing fine. Good morning to you, Cameron. Thank you. Thank you. Um, you know, this segment was supposed to be longer because I know the phone lines are going to are going to blow up, but they blew up about uh, Indigo Transit. Uh, go figure. Um, Dr. Brown, I, last year you did an interview with uh, Bob Donaldson at CBS4 for yeah. Black History Month. And, and that was the first time I've heard you, of course, you know, on, on, on Harambe at one time. I was the pro- producer for that, uh, the board out for that show. Right. Um, so so I, I remember your connection. But the way you told that story as you were... Um, Dr. King has been at your house yeah. for dinner. Yeah. Well, not yeah, not just dinner, uh, Cameron. The uh, beginning of my experience with Dr. King really begins probably uh, due to my dad and his relationship with the King family uh, back in the early forties. Uh, of course, I was born, uh, and but he had stayed with the uh, King family while he had been in the military and had himself, he was injured and almost lost his leg, and they wouldn't allow black soldiers who were under medical attention to stay in the hospital. So uh, my dad stayed with the King family, uh, and that was in the 40s. That was in 40, that was in 44. Mm -hmm. And, of course, I was living, me and my mother, were living in Chicago at that time, and my mom and I'll just put this in: my mom and dad hadn't got hadn't got married yet, mm-hmm. and I attended their I attended their wedding in Chicago in 1946. Mm-hmm. So here I'm watching them stand in front of the cake. I even have the picture of dad and mother, and he was still in his military uniform and everything. But however, my encounter with King starts at the age of imagine 14 years old. Mm-hmm. I am at that time, I am a student at Tech High School. King was, when he came to the house the very first time, his age was 27. Okay, wow, okay. So imagine, these were young, I'll use Mm -hmm. the language of, these were young dudes, Mm -hmm. these were young men. (laughs) And uh, they, uh, and not only would King show up, but also a few other, a few other persons would, would be there uh, first, and, and they would have dinner together. And uh, the person who was running the operation was my mother, Rosalie Brown. And she was known as Red, R-E-D, because mother, when they got to talking, see, and, and, and Dr. King and Ralph, they like, like to tell jokes. These guys, these guys were down to earth. And so when they were, when he was here, he had been, to the house on a number of occasions, but when he would come, he would come to spend a week or two to retreat from the pressures. And so what dad had arranged that he stayed at certain persons' homes Mm -hmm. where he could not be, uh, I would say, could not be monitored and the press or whoever Mm -hmm. wanted to to deal with him. He was a very private person, but then he was very social. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, and I like I can say when they were around me being fourteen and fifteen, you know, young men ain't supposed to be around old folk, but they weren't old people. So guess what? When they show up, I could get the car. 
and I could go wherever I was going, mm-hmm. and I ain't telling nobody that. Mm-hmm. But uh, Dr. King, in his visits here, uh, they would talk about the movement, and they, uh, I have to give credit to the black law enforcers, or let's call black policemen, they were very protective of over there at the, the place that most of that action took place was at 233 West 44th Street. Uh, not too far from Butler University. Okay. Right there at, because uh, I would catch the bus right there at 44th Street and go to Tech High School. Okay. And uh, so it was a kind of interesting community. Uh, uh, Berkeley, uh, Boulevard, uh, those those areas. And right now the house is still there and it's now a historical site. Hmm. Yeah. That was, that was done about three three years ago uh and uh i know that i know that house like the back of my hand but that's enough said on that we're on the air this morning with dr tom brown just giving us a little uh history lesson and i and i wish we would have uh had you on earlier in the month because the phone lines are, are ringing for you um i and, and i and i want to i want to in this 15 minutes i'm going to ask you how things ha- have changed because you've seen civil rights in multiple different era eras and multiple different views. And of course, you know, with Dr. King sleeping in your house, sometimes uh, you've seen things that uh, most of us uh, can't even actually imagine. Let me go to the phones real quick. 317-239-9696. Talking black history uh, and an up close view uh, with Dr. Tom Brown. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, you know, it's like reading Al Sharpton's book, The Rejected Stone. How he says he managed, he managed, uh, James Brown career, and then he had to make Muhammad Ali get up to go run when he was a 13-year-old boy. Anyway, the Civil Rights Act is a hoax, a fraud, and a sham. And just just read uh, George Wallace's speech. All right, the thank Civil you, Rights Act, a, a hoax, a fraud, and a sham. All right. You can get it at uh, PBS. Uh, George Carlisle Wallace. All right. Thank you, Larry, for your second call of the day. Uh, caller online two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Cameron, how you doing this morning? I'm good, sir. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I want to say greetings to everybody and greetings to the your guests that you have on this morning. But I just wanna I just wanna say one thing. We you know, you, you wanna honor Martin Luther King way. Hey, turn 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 your radio Martin down a little bit for us. Now is that we keep on with this fight. And Cameron, this is I'm, I wanna say this to you. I wanna ask you this question. How come you don't have someone come on there and explain to the people about the birth certificate and the social security card? Because that's what enslaves us now. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to know, I just wanted to know when we're going to start that fight for our true freedom. If Martin Luther King was about our freedom, I think it would be best served if we start tearing down these other barriers that that actually own us, corporation and government. And so I just want to know, when are we going to start that fight to tear that wall down so that we can have some freedoms and get our property back and these sorts of things? All right, good so question. Have a and great day, but that's, go ahead, sir. No, I was going to say good question, but here's your answer. Not something I've ever thought about. I'll add it to my list of ideas. I appreciate it, Cameron. You guys have a great day. All right, thank you, sir. Caller on line one, 317-239-9696. Caller on line one. Good morning, who's this? Yes, um... I like when you have great, 
uh, great guests like this. Thank you. We we just don't understand how very powerful uh, Dr. Brown is. Mm-hmm. Brown, you can you tell us that uh, stuff really since Martin Luther King hasn't really changed that is going in reverse with our uh, leader using law. Can you talk? Can you give us a great synopsis about Mapleton Street? Law, uh, know that 38th Street is going back white, and we we're not doing anything about it. Thank you. And I take it off off the air. Thank you. Dr. Brown, that's what I wanted to ask you, just just overall of what you've seen. Are we going in the right direction or are, are we going backwards? Of course, he's asking in, you know, in a particular neighborhood. But in addition to that, but overall, you know, we're still we're seeing uh, marches and protests that we've seen in the past two years. It's calmer this year. It's, it's only February, though. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Have we moved forward or are we going backwards? Okay. Are you sure you want me to give you that answer? Uh, it's a loaded question. We only have nine minutes left. So. <laughs> and I feel you, Cameron, because your, your lines are popping like crazy. Yes. But uh, I like that the brother is correct. And I think you all are saying it because you are not only feeling it, you are in it and it's moving backward. And I say it, and I'll say it this way. I, it would take me a, a good minute to give you an outline of what, I experienced having worked in SNCC and worked as a consultant for SCLC. I left my parents in 1960 and went went south. I located in uh, Albany, Georgia for about three weeks, and then I was put in Selma when people didn't know about Selma, Alabama, in in regard to Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. But to say where we are here in Indianapolis and Marion County, yes, we have I must say we have moved backward because when we, quote, integrated, we we made a mistake, and the mistake was we did not do economic development. Imagine Indianapolis in the the 50s and the 60s. When we start building the interstates, who got displaced? Mm. When we started... When we and when we had that great call initiative of Unigov, we really got caught in a mess. And then behind Unigov, we were caught in what the school desegregation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And of course, I in 1959, I'm graduating from Tech, but I'm living on 44th Street. And but the, but we had our black schools, and our black schools were a base of our educational. A stability and our community stability. We have so integrated to we have somewhat, from my observation, we have somewhat become diluted, mm-hmm. and we work hard in trying to be accepted by the white community and, and have lost our ability to accept ourselves and to realize that we are a powerful people when we are what? United. There you go. Dr. Brown, what gra- what year did you graduate? High school? 59, 60. 60, and where'd you graduate from? Guess what? Tech High School. Okay, I asked because you brought up desegregation of schools, and in Indianapolis, it's, it's an absolutely fascinating story. I've done lots of reading and actually been, I, I was working for the school districts at the end of, of desegregation and sending when we would go, you know, I worked for Perry Township, so we go into Brightwood and Forest Manor and bring the kids out at the end of deseg. And you, of course, would have seen things at the beginning of deseg. So I'm always fascinated about that. Yeah, uh, you uh, see, I live over here in Brightwood now. Okay. 
So can you imagine back when you all talk about you all are you all are taken outside of your community, and guess what else you lost? You lost a, a lot of teachers lost mm-hmm. their job. Mm-hmm. And there's still not schools really back in that particular area no, because they were closed long ago. And if you live, you know, in Brightwood, you get sent to what is still technically the Indianapolis School District, but it's not in your neighborhood. No, it's not. Oh, we could talk about this for a long time. Three one seven two three nine ninety six ninety six. And again, that's really that's that's no fault of anybody working right now. This is things that happened under Unigov and the creation of it in the 1960s and, and really the, the ending part of the 1950s. But we can talk about DSEG and education for a whole hour at some point. Let me go back to the phones because uh, we're running out of time. It's a lively conversation. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? It's Carlos Floyd. Good morning. You're live on the air. You got about 30 seconds. What's on your mind? Okay. I'm just wondering, um, number one, can you explain the uh, Metropolitan, um, how they uh, did the uh, – um, the sheriffs and put the uh, metropolitan thing together and mm. why did you do that in the first place that that's that's part of unigov dr brown i think we're gonna have to have you come back okay and, uh, you know i'm i'm available because i'm gonna have to bring you on uh rombe <laughs> i'm i'm down uh and you bring up a, a good question thank you yeah, and i would like to meet up with you dr brown uh you know one day you know i'd like to meet up with you yeah but i'd like to ask that question yeah. okay let's let's hang tough short answer on that Unigov, and that's been that started uh, in the late 1960s, went into effect in in the early 70s. Um, one and of those taxpayers, did we pay for that? Yeah. Yes. I was a transmission uh, employee, and I just can't understand that though. Yeah, it, it it's been that part has been years in the making. The two most difficult parts of that uh, were education, which caused an issue at the beginning, and the merger of the. I, what was IPD, the Indianapolis Police Department, and the Marion County Sheriff's Department happened only in the last uh, 15 years. But all of it has been in 30 years in the making. We could do a whole show on that. But the short answer to your question, Unigov. Google Indianapolis Unigov. Well, let's, let's, let's put that, let's channel that, let's put that on, um, but let's talk let's about p- that. I'll put it on the list. Yeah, All right. Do. All right, yeah, thank you, sir. Uh, let me go to another call. D- Dr. Brown, you're hot this morning, man. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, caller on line two. Good morning. Who's this? This is Georgia Boy. Georgia Boy, good morning. You're live on the air. What's on your mind? 30 seconds. Georgia Boy. Uh, I'm doing doing pretty good. How you doing, Reverend Brown? I'm doing fine. How you doing, my brother? Yeah, I'm doing okay down in here. Uh, but anyway, I just want to say one thing. It ain't nothing worse than a radio idiot. Always calling talking that smack. <laughs> come down, come on down here to Atlanta. I'm going to put you out on Sunset Boulevard. <laughs> Y'all have a nice day. Thank you so much. Uh, caller on uh, online. I wonder who he's talking about. Caller on line three. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning. This is Jerome Shively. What's up, Jerome? Hey, that last brother... Hell yeah! <laughs> you know, uh, uh, love to you, uh, uh, Brother Brown. Uh, my aunt and uncle used to go to your church, your dad's church, uh, the late finest and Susie Shively. Oh, my uh, goodness. Hey, homeboy. Re- I know you remember them. She yeah. was the state treasurer. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. 
We love what you're doing. I want to give, since it's the last day, I want to give a shout-out to Reverend Moselle Sanders, the late Snooky Hendricks, the late Queen Sugar Point Dexter, and the late Reverend Wayne T. Harris, who did the funeral services for both my sons, Lil Bone and Jermaine. You okay. know, no, you that's, are that's a homeboy. That's... success in what you do, uh, uh, Brother Cameron. We need you. And like that last brother said on uh, 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 Brother Larry, no. <laughs> yeah, that's what you get. No. Hey, y'all have a blessed day. I One appreciate love. I appreciate you, man, as always. Uh, Dr. Brown, we're at 858. Can, can we have you just come back uh, in, in March? Yeah, no problem. You can, you can, you know how to get me. I do. And, and the thing is, you know, this was a Black History Month conversation, but it's not something we just will talk about in the month of February. Um, but your your name was brought up last week, and and I've, you know, I heard you on on Tina's show the other week, and I was like, I need to get Dr. Brown on. So I tell you what, we're gonna have you come back in March, um, and and we can talk. We can get into Unigov because that helped shaped. That literally shaped Indianapolis. I mean, yeah. I'm not even being cute or using hyperbole. That's why Indianapolis is shaped the way it is because of Unigov. There you go. And if we get into uh, the desegregation of schools, why kids in, in Brightwood were, were sent to Perry Township, why kids in Hogville were sent to Wayne Township, uh, and, and so on and, and so forth, um, I people don't, I, I know people don't understand why all these things happen. Um, and, and like I said, you're a front row seat to history and you've been there and you've seen it. Um, obviously, I think we could talk for a whole nother hour, but you've got a show, too, where people can tune in. What Give us the details on how do people can find you on our sister station. I'm going to bring you on WTLC AM 1310, FM 92.7, and what is the other one? 95.1 the, uh, FM and AM 1310 at 9 o'clock. We call it Operation Breadbasket. Now presents Harambe, which means in Swahili, it means caring community. And that is on Saturday morning. Saturday morning, Jill, at 9 a.m. All right. Dr. Tom Brown, we will have you back sometime in March because I want to keep talking. Uh, it's been a great show today. Both you and uh, Leslie from Indigo got an earful uh, on callers and thoughts. So thank you, sir, for coming on. You gave a good show Thank with you. uh with them with Indigo. That is that's an important economic initiative. Yes it is. Yes it is. And I just want folks to to get on board. Uh uh get on board so they're not left uh behind. Literally as that as that bus comes through with all the different opportunities that it's going to bring. Dr. Tom Brown, thank you so much, sir. And thank you. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Open Lines with Cameron Riddle on this February 27th. 2022. We are back. Same time, same stations. Next Sunday, live at 8. Coming up on Hot 96.3, it is your favorite music. And coming up on our sister station, 106.7 WTLC, it's the Hour of Power with Al Sharpton. I'm Cameron Riddle. We'll see you. Have a great Sunday.